The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I'm the executive minister, senior assistant minister, and director of the Johnny Coleman Institute at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the senior minister and the Reverend Dr. Uh, uh, the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. I'm in the midst of teaching a series called The Secret of Unlimited Prosperity. The Secret of Unlimited Prosperity. And this is a book uh, that was written by Catherine Ponder many years ago. It's a small little book, but it's powerful. It's packed with good information that I feel as though would be beneficial to my listeners. So that's why I'm teaching it. Hopefully, you can get the book. Um, it's sold by Divorce and Company Publishers, and I'm sure you can go to their website to get it or Amazon or wherever you get books, but I know you can get it directly from the publisher. Anyway, get the book, work with it. It's a little quick book you can walk, walk around with in a bag, in a book bag, even in a big purse or a medium-sized purse. It's something you can keep in your car to read while you have downtime just to continue to infuse the principles of God's abundance in your consciousness. You have to always remember that consciousness is what we are. In other words, as Goldsmith, Joe Goldsmith used to say, consciousness is what I am. Or as Emmett Fox would say, life is consciousness. And that's basically saying that you're not going to outperform your own consciousness. If you want the outer, you have to get the inner right first. If you want the thing, you have to get the thought right first. You have to get the image right first. You have to get the feeling right first. You have to get your belief system right first. So what we're doing with this small, quick book is learning the principles of prosperity so you can get all of that stuff right first. Hopefully that makes sense. So today we're teaching chapter four, the prosperity law of mental acceptance, the prosperity law of mental acceptance. It starts off on page 48 by stating, or she wrote, psychologists tell us that we can have anything that we can accept mentally. Well, if we cannot accept it mentally, we cannot get it no matter what we do. Now, why is that? Well, I believe it's because what you accept as possibility, what you accept as potentially for you, what you would know for yourself attracts to you those experiences and allows you to produce those situations out of you. But when you don't believe that something is possible for you, you turn off the flow of God in your own experience because you don't believe that it's possible. This is why Jesus would ask people when they were trying to get healings. Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe I'm able to do this? And he was then afterwards, he would say, according to your faith, have it be have it be it done unto you. Now, why is this important? It's important because we have to drill down 
seriously drill down on the understanding that what you can accept and expect for yourself will determine what you can demonstrate. I've taught on this podcast before that expectation is a form of prayer. And you expect what you can accept. Can you accept this as a possibility? This is why many times people don't demonstrate the good. They talk about things that they say they want, but they can't mentally accept it as true for themselves, as a possibility for themselves. You know, to quote something from the political season many years ago, when um, former President Barack Obama said, if you put lipstick on a pig, it's still a pig. And we try to dress up uh, thoughts of and beliefs systems that are based in lack, fear, frustration, anxiety, anger, and doubt with our cliches. But what we really believe for ourselves is very inconsistent with what we pretend we know. Again, you're not going to outperform your own consciousness. So it's really important to know this. It's really important to know this. So as you work with this concept, what I want you to just stop to think about is this. What I have is what I currently accept. And if I want more, I have to accept more. Allow that to land. What I currently have is what I can accept. What I if I and if I want more, I have to accept more. Think about it. All right, now to the book. She goes on to write. When people learn the power of thought, that the power of thought is a means of attaining greater good in life, they sometimes try to rush into demonstration that they have not mentally accepted. Their efforts meet only with defeat, and rightly so. Even when they demonstrate their desire temporarily, they cannot maintain the demonstration because they have not developed a mental acceptance of the desired good. Mm. So you might be able to sheer willpower temporarily produce something, but can you maintain it? That's the key. Can you maintain it? <clears throat> she calls Mary Cufferley, who wrote in God Never Fails, all that we desire, all that we can ever envision or hope to attain is already provided for us. It is already available and will ever be awaiting our acceptance. Most of us want to be good givers. We are eager to share all the fine and lovely things of life with others. But sometimes we forget that we must take the time and thought for receiving. As one true student puts it, take time every day quietly to let God give to you. Be still, sit quiet, and simply say to the loving Father, I am ready to receive, dear Father. I am ready to receive all the good you wish 
to give to me. I am receiving now. I am receiving now. Are you ready to receive the good that God has available to you? Think about it. Are you ready? Are you ready to accept the idea that you are bigger than your current experience? Allow that to land. Allow that to land. Johnny Coleman used to say, the founder of Christ Universal Temple, she used to teach a lesson titled, How Big Is Your God? How big is your God? You got, if you have big dreams, you have to have a big God. You have big ideas, you have to have a big God. You want big demonstrations, you have to have a big God. How big is your God? Is your God big enough for you to be healed? Is your God big enough for you to have financial freedom? Is your God big enough? For you to have healthy relationships? Is it your God big enough for you to walk from glory to glory when it comes to success? How big is your God? Can you accept a big God? Just allow that to land. Can you accept a big God? Can you accept a abundant God whose good pleasure is to express its prosperity through you. How big is your God? Just allow that to land. How, how big is my God? Really, how big is my God? Am I really ready to receive a big God? Am I really ready to receive big God stuff? Am I really ready to believe that I am an heir to the abundance of the universe? Do I really believe that if I can be a match in consciousness, I can have the experiences that I desire? I will be drawn to take the right actions, to make the right calls, to meet the right people, to make the right decisions that will produce prosperity in my life. So on page pages 50 and 51 50 through 52, she talks about the story about how in the in the book of Numbers, Moses sent spies into the promised land and how out of the 12 spies, only two said, let's take the promised land. The other 10 were scared. She wrote it this way. The 12 spies stayed there for 40 days. In fact, they stayed so long, the Hebrews began to worry about them. When they returned, they gave conflicting reports. Joshua and Caleb were very excited about all they had found. Caleb said enthusiastically, let us go up at once and occupy it for we are well able to overcome it. But alas, Joshua and Caleb were 
the only prosperous thinkers among the 12. The other 10 spies stated that the land across the river was an evil land filled with giants, walled cities, and enemy forces. Mm. So because they believed the 10 spies instead of Caleb and Jacob, they wandered for 40 years in the wilderness when their promised land was at hand and within reach. And have you ever had a situation, a circumstance where you were within reach of your good, but you didn't take the actions necessary to attain it? The goal was right there. The dream was right there. The relationship was right there. The money was right there. The business was right there. The job was right there. But you didn't act. Remember, obedience is better than sacrifice. You have to be able to accept your good. If you can't accept it, you won't act. All right. She wrote on the bottom of page 51. Psychologists say that when you think you have been rejected, you have subconsciously rejected something. Your good never rejects you. Your good is not rejecting you. You know, around self-help circles, people will say things like, whatever you are seeking is seeking you. And I love that statement. Johnny Coleman took it further. She would say, whatever you are seeking, you are. H. Emily Cady talked about desire uh, as, as the impulse of spirit seeking to express through you. This is some good that is seeking birth through you. It is God tapping at the door of your soul. Say, look at what's possible if you just allow me to flow through you without the resistance. If we're honest, the fear, the doubt, our conversations many times create the resistance that keeps us from having the demonstrations we desire. If we're honest, we're not always, uh, you know, to use some more modern metaphysical terminology, we're not always a vibrational match for what we say we desire. So we have to ask ourselves, what's in my way? What beliefs are really in my way. Now, here's the thing. This requires introspection because it's easy to say, I accept millions of dollars now, but that's not how you really believe. And are you really a vibrational match for what it is that you say uh, or what you are affirming? Most of the time, that's not true. You know, Joseph Murphy, who was a genius when it came to the subconscious mind, wrote many years ago, that if you're feeling as though you're having resistance to affirmations of abundance or health, he said, before you go to sleep, just affirm the word. So instead of trying to come up with all these money, wealth, riches, affirmations, just say wealth, peace, joy, love, wisdom. And just repeat it. I'm just using those as examples. I don't know what the exact words outside of wealth 
that he stated. Wealth. You just because you're just saying wealth and your and your conscious and unconscious beliefs won't rebel against just the thought wealth. Wealth. And before you realize it, it's impressed on your subconscious mind. But if you start talking about I'm God's millionaire resistance, I'm not saying don't say it, but I'm just letting you know that that can sometimes cause resistance. Sometimes it can cause more soul agitation. Sometimes it can pull up and create what metaphysical thinkers call chemicalization when you have a clashing of beliefs in your mind at a deep subconscious level. But just softly affirm while you're going to sleep. Just maybe take five or ten minutes, lay down, and just affirm softly wealth, peace, joy, love, wisdom, success, prosperity. Whatever the words you use, you can come up with a mantra. I wouldn't overdo it. Maybe no more than like seven words. If you can get it to four or five I would say that's even better. And just repeat the words over and over again in a relaxed mental state while your body is relaxed, while your mind is relaxed. I'm trying to help you understand how to get to the point of acceptance to where you're not creating inner resistance to the ideas of prosperity. It's wealth. You might just say wealth. Prosperity, money, abundance, wealth, prosperity, money, abundance, breathe. Wealth, money, prosperity, abundance, then breathe. Wealth, money, prosperity, abundance. Now, I'm going to ask you to try this method for 30 days every evening. And if you want extra homework and you want to get the apple from the teacher, do it in the morning. Give yourself 10 minutes in the morning to do it. But 10 minutes at least every evening. But if you can do 10 minutes every morning and 10 minutes every evening, that would be obviously 50% better. And what I'm going to ask you to do is, I have links all over this uh, Unity Online radio website, but you can reach out to me on uh, Facebook on Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. I want you to inbox me and let me know how this method worked. Did it help you accept the ideas better? Did you start demonstrating prosperity? Did you start having prosperity ideas? Did you start... Did you start getting guidance or whatever it might be? You can reach out there. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter as well. Um, but I have this Truth Transforms of Reverend Galen McDowell on Facebook specifically set up for this show. But I'm not saying you can't use the other mechanisms. But I want to hear from you. And I want you to do it. You might listen to this show today. And today is Wednesday, August 25th. You might listen to this show a year from now, two years from now. But whenever you do the 30 days... I want to hear from you. I want to know what the process was. And the only thing you're doing is wealth, money, prosperity, abundance, breathe, then repeat, then repeat. Every time you make the affirmation, breathe. 
do it and I would say do it either while you're sitting down, relax, completely relax, uh, or laying down, completely relax. But I want you to be in a receptive state of mind, a relaxed state of mind. It makes a difference. It makes a difference. So I'm going to get back to teaching more of the book, but I want to make sure that you have some practical techniques. This is your homework for this series to work on impressing your subconscious mind with prosperity thoughts. Impressing your subconscious mind with a, a abundance with money and wealth and just doing this exercise you might get to fancy you might find some meditation music that you're listening to you might get so good at it that you might take more than 10 minutes i don't know but uh, i said every even every evening but let's just make the homework every morning and every evening and you can say well i don't have 10 minutes in the morning well take 10 minutes at lunch or 10 minutes at a break or whatever, because here's the thing, it's your it's your life. You can decide. If you have 10 minutes to scroll anytime during the day on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, then you have 10 minutes to do this exercise. Even if you have to go into the bathroom stall at work and do it. If you have to sit and get to work 15 minutes early and take 10 minutes where you're just doing this exercise while you're sitting in your car. You figure it out. Your homework is to do this exercise. Wealth, money, prosperity, abundance. Deep breath. Do it again. Then do it again. Set your phone or whatever you have for a 10-minute timer so you know that you actually cover 10 minutes. And you can say, well, 10 minutes is a long time. I understand that. But you want to break through consciousness. Growing in consciousness is not like a microwave. It's more like the oven. You have to cook it. It takes time. And anybody that knows, that cooks, knows that food tastes, tastes much differently when you cook it in the oven versus when you just put it in the microwave. I'm not anti-microwave, but I know food tastes better when you cook it in the oven. And when you try to demonstrate beyond your level of consciousness by trying to fast track, fast track uh, your growth, you'll just end up back where you were in the first place because you'll have uh, a false sense of awareness that, and you'll think you're somewhere that you're not. And then when you need to produce the results, you can't do it. So allow yourself for 30 days, if you're willing to take it on, to do it. If, even if you're willing to take the exercise on, contact me on Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Let me know that you're willing to take it on. Just inbox me, Truth Transforms, Reverend Galen McDowell. Hey, I'm going to take the, the this prosperity, prosperity subconscious mind conditioning uh, challenge. I don't have a name for it. And uh, I'll get back to you in 30, 30 days. Just let me know. Just let me know. It makes all the difference in the world. Anyway.
So, on page 52, Ponder wrote, um, after the Hebrews said they wanted, you know, they, they were afraid to take the promised land, she wrote, at this point, Jehovah realized that many of the Hebrews will never accept the idea of the promised land. They were still holding on to the past, to something that could never exist for them again, to something that had held no satisfaction for them. They had yet learned the great truth that one cannot go back. One has to go forward. There is nothing to go back to. Mm. All right. Then Jehovah did what seemed a harsh thing, yet was actually the working of impersonal divine law. He decreed that all of those who murmured against him and against Moses would die in the wilderness. This was the law of mental acceptance at work. Those who could not accept their promised land mentally would never get it, get into it, excuse me. Uh, Jehovah further declared that the Hebrews will remain in the wilderness until all the doubters and complainers had passed on. Now, what I want you to get from a metaphysical standpoint is that the, the Moses, the Hebrews and all this stuff metaphysically represent your own thoughts that are spiritual, but sometimes doubt, sometimes don't align with what spirit is seeking to do. They know better, but they get scared. You know better, but you get scared. You get fearful. You get stuck in the past. Therefore, until you get rid of those thoughts, you can't go forward until your new good. That's divine law. Why? Because you can't outperform your own consciousness. That's just the way it works. That's just the way it works. That's just the way it works. I really want you to be present too. That's just the way it works. You can't outperform your own consciousness. What you can't accept, you can't have. Bottom line. So it looks like it's about time to take this break. So when we get back, I'm going to drill down on this chapter and pull out some, some key points that we need to have to do what we need to be able to do. So um, we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm in the midst of teaching the book, The Secret of Unlimited Prosperity by Catherine Ponder. Before I do get back to the book. I do have a couple of quick announcements or reminders. One of them is that I'm going to be speaking in the Detroit area. I believe it's Novi, Michigan uh, on September 18th, but it's online. I'm a part of a showcase of um, uh, a group of speakers who are going to uh, speak on subjects like leadership and success, et cetera. And of course, you know, I'm going to do my metaphysical thing. 
if you go to my Facebook page, Truth Transforms the Reverend Gayla McDowell, the last post I made last night actually has the link where you can actually uh, purchase a virtual online ticket, a virtual ticket, and then join me. I would really appreciate your support. So just take a look, go to the website, click on the link, and if you so uh, move to support me in this process, I would greatly appreciate it. And then send me a message on the Truth Transforms the Reverend Gayla McDowell inbox and let me know, hey, Rev, uh, got my ticket. I'm going to join you. So anyway, also Christ Universal Temple uh, is, again, live and virtual now. So we are in the building. So if you're in the Chicagoland area, we would love for you to worship with us. We are sitting with social distancing and obviously we have our mask on. So you can still join us virtually on our website, www.cutemple.org, our YouTube page, CU Temple, or our Facebook page, Christ Universal Temple every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Central Time to, to noon. Or you can join us in person. We would love to see you. Also, Christ Universal Temple has a, a daily inspiration for better living uh, day, lesson on Christ. I'm just butchering this message. We have a noonday lesson. Let me just simplify it. Noon Central Time on Christ Universal Temple's Facebook page, we have a lesson. Monday through Friday. I'm teaching today. So if you have an opportunity, make sure you check it out. I normally teach Wednesdays and Fridays unless I got something to do, which, you know, of course, I always got stuff to do. But they're good lessons. We teach from the Daily Inspiration Periodical that you can get from UFBO.org or from the Christ Universal Temple Bookstore Cafe on Sundays. We want to make sure that you have what you need to do what you need to do. So let's do it. Let's get it going. So those are my reminders. So let's get back to it. All right. And don't forget my homework challenge. I want to make sure everybody that's actually going to take the challenge actually inbox me. Let me know you're going to take it. So there's some accountability to it. I want to know that you're doing it. And then I want to know 30 days from now, what were your results? All right. Page 53, Secret of Unlimited Prosperity. Why some demonstrate truth and others do not. All right. This explains why some people demonstrate truth and some do not. Those who get results are those who have released the past and have accepted mentally the possibility of new good. Those who hang on to the past, reject their good and reject God's help in trying to give it to them. Never do get the good they seek. Perhaps you heard heard someone say, but I've been studying truth for 20 years, but I still cannot demonstrate health. A check on that person's attitude will reveal that he is rejecting his good. He is still holding on to someone or something emotionally that he needs to release. Health is not rejecting him. He is rejecting it. Now, let me just be clear. This isn't victim blaming or victim shaming. So I want to make sure that we're clear because sometimes people read statements like this and they just run with it and they lack compassion. As I tell people all the time, if you teach metaphysics without love, it can be very cold. So always lead with love. Okay? Always lead with love. Now that I've taught always lead with love, now let me drill down on how you let go of stuff so you can re demonstrate the good you desire. So she calls this the formula for accepting your good. Rel first step is to uh, release the past. Let me see here. It's a lot. Okay, so she wrote, release the past. Page 54. 
Are you so attached to old patterns of living that you cannot get along comfortably without them? Are you emotionally attached to lack and illness? If you want to truly want prosperity, do you still gain satisfaction from self-pity over financial problems? You must give up something to make way for prosperity. Probably self-pity and bitterness, probably the belief that you have had a hard time. If you want a healing, you must be willing to give up the emotional satisfaction, sympathy, and attention that you get from being sick. All right. So I'm not. And one of the things that's interesting about this book is she really drills down on on real people stuff. So she wrote, Jesus sometimes asks those who seek healings, do you want to be healed? God can only do for you what he can first do through your mental attitudes. Now, she still uses old language like he forgot and all that stuff. Let's not get caught up in that. She goes on to write, life demands much of a healthy person. A couple of lines down, physicians know much that passes for illness is a subconscious attempt to escape life's responsibilities. Mm. So you got to release and let that stuff go. Then she wrote, your good has not rejected you, but you may have rejecting it by holding on to someone or something of the past or present. Are you holding on to somebody from your past that you need to let go? Some relationship, somebody who disappointed you, somebody who maybe even harmed you. You got to let them go. You got to let them go. Because you get to choose. Do you want to be whole? You can have your belief that you're still a victim to that or you're still mad, angry, frustrated, whatever, or you can be free. Now, I'm not saying reconcile with people who harmed you by no stretch of the imagination. I'm saying free yourself so they won't continue to create suffering from you from one experience that you're now recycling over and over again. All right. She goes on to write, dare to let go of and forgive the past. Stop saying that you have had a hard time in life. Stop talking about unhappy experiences. Stop trying to get sympathy. As long as you do this, you are still emotionally attached to that hard experience. You are continually, you are continuing to feed it emotionally. You are keeping it alive. So those old beliefs and lack limitation, you know, illness, breakdowns, chaos, disorder, or whatever, functions like a parasite. It's sucking your energy out of you. If you detach from it, it dies because it's living off of your energy. So she gives a great affirmation. She says, begin right now to say to yourself, I take only the good from each experience, past and present. I let the rest go. When you think about that divorce, when you think about parents or children or siblings or family or significant others that disappointed you, when you think about that business that turned upside down or the job that you lost or was fired from or a friend who disappointed you, you can just say, I take only the good from each experience, past and present. I let the rest go. I take only the good. I take only the good. 
I take only the good. Can you just think about that? I take only the good, get the lesson and the blessing from it. Take, in other words, if you just focus on I take only the good, that means that regardless of what you go through, there's always a, a lesson in it for you and there's always some good in it. Even if the good is, don't ever do this again. Even if the lesson is, don't ever go that way again. Even if the lesson is, stay away from that person. There's good in every experience if you know how to find it. A person say, well, this situation was horrible. I get that. Okay. Now, what can you learn from it that can help you going forward? That way, this experience is not in vain. Sometimes we learn that as a nation. Sometimes we learn that as a family. Sometimes we learn that as an individual. Sometimes we learn that as a corporation. It's just something to think about. Then she gives the second point. Think of your life as you want it to be. She wrote. Start thinking about your life the way you want it to be. The way to accept mentally your promised land is simply to change your point of view. Recognize another set of circumstances or events as possible. Then dwell upon that possibility. I really want this to land. How clear can you see your preferred life? How clearly can you see it? Can you feel it? If you were walking on the beach right now, you should be looking at your feet, walking through the sand and the water. What does that water feel like on your feet? I'm just using this as an example. Because the subconscious mind and your body, if you can get an image strong enough, then your body can't differentiate it. If nothing else, puberty taught you that without getting into any details, but Teenagers go through experiences where they have vivid dreams and then their bodies react to it. And I'm sure that's a situation and circumstance that happens to most, if not all people. In your sleep, you don't know the difference. People wake up from nightmares. In their sleep, they don't know the difference. Their bodies actually have reactions to what is not factually happening. Now, if that can happen by happenstance, is it possible to get yourself in a mental state to where you can see your good so clearly that even your body can experience it? Your body can experience being wherever it is that you say you want to be. You can feel the wind. You can feel the sun on you. 
you can feel yourself in the fancy tuxedo or dress. You can feel yourself driving the car. You can feel yourself walking into the home. You can feel yourself getting off the plane to your dream vacation. You can feel it, not just mentally, physically. To where you're there so much that you're in your mind that your body has to be there with you. Through the years I've developed, and I'm not going to do them now, multiple visualization techniques just to deal with this particular subject. Getting to the place to where, in mind, I get myself or I help somebody get to the place to where they're so, so caught up. That's the word I want to use. Caught up in their vision that their body even feels it. Possible when he urged. Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we're able to overcome it. Numbers 1330. Joshua and Caleb recognize another set of circumstances as possible when they said to the complainers, the land which we pass through is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Please note, that Joshua and Caleb did not claim they could take the promised land alone. They claimed God's help. You know, in the 90s, it was a popular song by Yolanda Adams. I, I like the second version better than the first version. She, she did, she adapted it slightly the second time, but it was called The Battle Is Not Yours, It's The Lord's. And I can remember Reverend Coleman bringing her into Christ Universal to sing on a Sunday morning. And she was singing, it's not yours, it's the Lord's. Now, from a metaphysical standpoint, it's divine law. It's the, or it's the creative, spiritual creative capacity within me. It's not just my intellectual knowledge. I'm working with something that's higher than that. The battle is not mine, it's the Lord's. It's the divine law in me. It's the spiritual creative capacity in me. It's the I am in me. It's the Christ in me. It's as Mary Mary would say, it's the God in me. That was another song. It's the God in me. Can you accept the possibility that the God in you has the power to produce them? The battle is not yours. 
It's the Lord's. It's the I am in me. It's the spiritual creative capacity in me. It's the divine law in me. It's the Christ in me. It's the God in me. Can you accept that as a possibility? It's the God in me. How are you making all this stuff work, man? It's the God in me. It's the Christ in me. The battle is not mine, it's the Lord's. God opens the doors. God creates the ways. God produces the opportunities. God delivers the provision. God attracts the people. God puts me in the right place at the right time. The battle is not mine, it's the Lord's. And the clearer I can see my good, the clearer I can get in my mind, the better it is for me because I'm working with divine law. And thoughts held in mind produce after their own kind. It's the God in me. Back to the book. Right then and there in the wilderness, Joshua refused to be hypnotized by some of the appearances of the promised land, such as walled cities and hostile forces. Instead, he dared to realize that another set of events and circumstances was possible in spite of appearances. He then began to decree them, claiming God's help and making them possible. He used the law of mental acceptance. Again, get the key. He began to decree them, claiming God's help in making them possible. Then she tells a story about a, uh, a young man on a farm that was looking for some new things to happen in his life, and he just started affirming one quick affirmation. Lord, I am ready. Lord, I am ready. Lord, I am ready. So she goes on to write, begin now to recognize that another set of circumstances and events is possible in your own life. Then ask God's help and affirm often, Lord, I am ready. If you're really ready mentally and emotionally to accept greater good, it will come very soon. And once it starts, it cannot stop. You have to flow along with it. So be sure you mean it when you say, Lord, I am ready. Because you say, Lord, I'm ready. You might be diverted into some directions that consciously you might not realize you need to go into or go in the direction of. You might be guided to take some actions you might not want to take. But you're saying, Lord, I'm ready. Now you're being told to do this versus that. But when you become open and receptive, you have to go with the flow. Lord, I'm ready. That's a powerful prayer. It's just like not my will, your will be done. But it's just simpler and it has less resistance. Lord, I am ready. Because that's saying, I'll go where directed. There used to be a song that... Um, 
uh, one of our former soloists, uh, Connie Kennison, used to sing at Christ Universal Temple. And the song was, if Jesus goes with me, I'll go anywhere. And I could hear it in my song, in my mind, now, I'll go anywhere. You know, because that was an old gospel song that says it didn't make a difference where you are going if Jesus is going with me. Well, from a metaphysical standpoint, if my spiritual awareness of my oneness with God is with me, I can go anywhere. But here's the thing. You won't just end up anywhere. You'll end up where God in you is directing you to go. She went on to write, as one truth student has said, I've never yet seen a case of unanswered prayer when the one who prayed was really ready to receive the answer. When I, and ready to receive means can accept it. A lot of people want things that they can't accept. She went on to write, in my own life, I have always got what I prayed for as soon as I could accept it mentally. Furthermore, I already received my answer at the level of my acceptance. No more, no less. You will receive your answer at the level of your acceptance. It's a lot at the land. I know I'm getting really reflective today, but I really want you to get that it's never God's, it's never God withholding from us. It's the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom, as Jesus stated in Luke 12, 32. And it's stated in the Sermon on the Mount, I can't remember the exact verse right now, when Jesus said, if your child asks for a, a bread, would you give him a stone? Or if your child asks for fish, would you give him a scorpion? And, and he said, now you being evil. Now, you got to recognize in Jesus' language, Aramaic, that just means in that context. It means you know how to make mistakes. and You know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly father give to those who ask? So just think about it. As many mistakes as human beings make, as many mistakes as you and I have made individually, we know how to give good gifts to our children. We wouldn't give our kid a stone when they ask for bread. We wouldn't give our kid a scorpion when they ask for fish or any other equivalent. We know better. Our love, our support for our children drives us to make sure that our children are provided for. How much more will God provide for those who can accept it? God's not going to force it into your life. You have to be open. You have to work the spiritual law. You have to be willing to get out of your own way and accept what's possible for you now. Lord, I'm ready. If you find yourself having some resistance to following God's will, start affirming, Lord, I'm ready. Just all during the day, Lord, I'm ready. 
Lord, I'm ready. Just walking around the day. Lord, I'm ready. Going to get you some coffee. Lord, I'm ready. On your way to get lunch. Lord, I'm ready. Walking between your classes. Lord, I'm ready. While you're preparing dinner. Lord, I'm ready. Lord, I'm ready. And see how it changes your mentality. Lord, I'm ready. Just think about it. Lord, I'm ready. I can accept my good. I can accept my good. So I want to leave you with these affirmations she wrote on the last page of the book, page 60. I take only the good from each experience. I let go. I let the rest go. I begin now to recognize another set of circumstances as possible. I'm not hypnotized by appearances. My progress is swift and joyous. I'm living a happy, harmonious life now. Lord, I am ready. I mentally accept and claim my highest good now. So we're going to leave on that one. Lord, I am ready. I mentally accept and claim my highest good now. So make sure you let me know about if you're going to do the homework challenge. I look forward to hearing from you and then hearing from you 30 days later with your results. God bless you. See you next week. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.